Welcome to the Study On Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Bauman, and I am passionate about Bible study. Friend, my journey has not been an easy one. I am a trauma and abuse survivor, and I still walk with a limp. But I also walk in freedom, because as I've studied God's Word, He has released me from layers of shame and invited me into a life filled with an abundance of His peace, joy, rest, and hope. I'm transformed because I study the Bible, and my heart's desire is to create offerings that help you get and stay in your Bible so you experience that transformation too. So thank you for spending a few minutes with me. Maybe it's as you enjoy your coffee or with pen and notebook ready, or you're driving to work or walking the dog from wherever you are in your day. Let's dive deep into a verse of scripture together. So we walk steady on. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. We are going to study Mark 117 today using my step-by-step Bible study method. Step-by-step is an inductive Bible study tool that focuses on one word in one verse of scripture to find life application. And if you'd like to study along with me today, you will find links to a study sheet as well as the step-by-step masterclass videos in today's show notes. So Mark 117 in the NIV says this, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. What is the book of Mark about? So it is an account of Jesus's life and ministry. It's likely written for a Gentile or a non-Jewish audience. It is traditionally attributed to Mark. He is also called John Mark. And John Mark traveled with Paul doing missionary work, and he is mentioned several places in the book of Acts. Chapter one, where we are hanging out today, has 45 verses, and we are in the section of scripture where the four, where four disciples are called. So one more time, the verse is, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So the people he is calling to be his disciples were fishermen, and he is talking about the difference between fishing for fish and fishing for people. So step one in the Bible study method is to choose our word. And our word today is follow. Follow is a verb that means to go after, to pursue, to move behind in the same path or direction, to carry out orders or instructions, to understand, to pay attention to, to walk in as a road or course, to attend upon closely as a profession or calling. And something right away stood out to me as I was looking at the definition of follow, and that's that word behind, to move behind in the same path or direction. How often am I proclaiming or even thinking that I am following Jesus, but in actuality, I'm not paying attention to where he's going. I'm going along in my own strength. I'm going along in my own way. I'm going along in my own desire. I'm not walking behind him, following him. I am moving forward in some kind of, I've got this. I don't need to stay as close to you. I don't mean to do that, but I do that. So right away, that word behind, just let me know. Pay attention to this, Angie, because there's something for you to learn here. I hope there's something for you to learn here today as well, my friend. So some synonyms for follow are things like go along behind, there's behind again, tag along, keep up, pursue, chase, tail, shadow. Shadow is a good one too, a synonym for follow, because a shadow is something that sticks close 
and imitates what the leader is doing, right? Like I'm doing the same thing you're doing. Also, some synonyms are accompany, travel with, stick to. Some antonyms or opposites are things like lead, guide, escort, conduct, steer, direct, pilot, go before. And here's the thing, even just right now, it's just a little convicting, correcting, because I might not say that I'm trying to lead Jesus or guide Jesus or steer Jesus, direct Jesus, pilot Jesus. But how often am I, am I trying to do those things with my own life? I'm trying to lead my own life, right? I'm trying to guide myself. I'm trying to steer my life, direct my life instead of allowing him to do so. And here's the biggest obstacle for me for that. Is that the right way to say that? And it is hurry. I want to just go ahead and do it rather than talking to him and waiting on him. And I know that following him means I move at a slower pace than I want to go. And I know, I know myself well enough to know that that is one of the biggest reasons why I get ahead of him and try to take care of things my own way. So step two in the method is called investigate. We divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare the word in other translations. The King James 21 translated follow come ye after and then GNT come with me. Part two is to research the original word. And I loved this from the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. And as always, you can find all the resources I use to put an episode together in the show notes. But the TDNT says, Jesus certainly calls the disciples to be his followers, but this involves more than simply following. It is a demand for full commitment to him. Full commitment. Most of us, maybe all of us, stop short of full commitment. Do we, at least at times we do, because anytime we're trying to guide or direct our own life, we're not fully surrendered to the way he wants to guide and direct our lives. And here's the thing, we all do it. We're all going to do it. A lot of times we do it without even realizing we'll do it, but will we know him well enough? And will we know his voice well enough that when we are trying to do our own thing, guide our own life. We hear him call us back and say, follow me, right? Like, actually, you've gotten ahead of me. You're not listening to me. You're not staying close to me. So follow me again, right? Will we be Will we be brought back into that connected relationship with him when for some reason that we have strayed from it or gotten ahead of him? So the strongest number for this word follow is G3694, Opizo. I believe is how you say it in the Greek. And it means to the back or a back as an adverb or preposition of time or place. So we are a back of Jesus. If we follow him, we are to the back of Jesus. We are letting him take the first steps. And then wherever he is walking, we are walking. We're not trying to come up with new ideas. I I think about this in my own like decision-making, especially with some of the decisions I make for ministry and things. Sometimes I get anxious or overwhelmed because I, oh, there's so many decisions to make. Right. And I feel like I have this weight and I have to be smart enough. Or sometimes if I'm prideful, I'm like, look how smart I am and all these decisions I'm making. And the reality is He will make the decisions with and for me if I just keep myself close to him and keep my eyes on him. He is leading me, again, in his timing, the exact direction that he knows is best for me and 
best the best way to use my gifts the way that the holy spirit giftedness that he's given me and all of us he knows the best direction for us to move so that we can bless the best uh, other people that we're called to serve right like i didn't say that really great but you <laughs> i think you know what i mean right he knows the best way will we trust him to lead us in the best way. So this is this word is also from the same as G3693, which means from the rear and at the back. So just it's just kind of hitting that over and over again. And it's from G3700, just going a little bit deeper, which is a prolonged primary, which means to gaze with wide open eyes as at something remarkable. So you put that all together and it's like we stare we continually stare with wide eyes at his back at his leading and then we take steps in imitation of where he's walking that's what it means to follow and to be a fully committed disciple of jesus part three in the investigate step is to read a little bit of commentary i found this in the enduring word that i want to share with you with this invitation the follow me invitation jesus shows what christianity is all about following Jesus. At its root, Christianity is not about theological systems, rules, or even helping people. It is about following Jesus. So here's the thing, because in the book of James, right, it says faith without works is dead. Sometimes we get so focused on the works because we want that to be and a proof, a proof of our faith, right? But here's the thing, faith without works is dead because works are a natural result of following Jesus. So if we follow him and take steps in his direction, we will understand where he's calling us to serve. But it's not we don't prove our faith by looking for ways to help people. We prove our faith by receiving his instruction for the ways he's calling us with our giftedness to help people. It's like a fine line and yet it is so different. Is it my idea to do this or is a is it a leading of the Holy Spirit? Hugely different. This is from Cole. By New Testament times, the phrase to follow had added to itself an ethical aspect, for it is always the superior who walks ahead and the inferior who follows. Therefore, at least a rabbi disciple or a Jesus follower relationship was implied, right? That's part of the reason that we struggle with this. We don't like being inferior to anything, do we? We don't like that feeling that something is superior to us. And it's always a trust issue. Do we trust in his goodness in the superiority? He's not abusive superior. He's not a manipulative superior. He's not a self-serving superior, right? He is good. He is the good, pure, right parent. And we can trust he is leading us in the right direction. Douglas Mangum says this, Jesus's authority is shown in that he commands Simon and Andrew to follow him and promises to make them fishers of people. Jesus uses their trade as a metaphor for their new calling as missionaries. Remember, they were fishermen. God graciously wants us to, quote, catch and save people who have gone astray in sin and he intends to use his apostles, his followers, his the believers, those, those of us who believe in him, to do it. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says, unlike a rabbi whose pupils sought him out, Jesus took the initiative and called his 
followers. I love that point from the Bible knowledge commentary, because sometimes we, even in our churches are told that we need to find our purpose. And that always just makes me pause and a little angsty because friends, there is nothing that we need to go seeking for. The only thing we need to do is abide with Christ, follow Christ. And as we know him, And as we follow him, he will unfold his plans for us. Our purpose, it's every one of us is unique in our purpose because we're gifted differently and our personalities are different. We're created differently. Our experiences are different, all of that. So so we are unique and yet all of our purpose is the same. Our purpose is to connect with, follow, abide in Jesus Christ And from that place, when we're fulfilling that purpose, then we will understand what we are to do next, right? And it changes as we grow uh, what he calls us to do, but we can be confident that he will do the calling. We just need to spend time with him and he will make it clear. Alan Cole says this, there comes a time for each of us when the call of Jesus comes to us personally, and we must make a decision whether to follow him or not. Mark concentrates here on that one moment. Now, we get to make that decision over and over and over again, right? Jesus does not stop calling us once we have accepted him as our savior. As a matter of fact, he continues to call us into ministry. First, he was wooing us into relationship. And then when we're in relationship with him, he's wooing us to action, right? Like he's calling us to action. Um, So it's not one moment, but there's all these one moments, right? Because God has called us to something and we get to in a moment decide whether we're following him. Then he calls us to something else, or maybe he repeats that same call because we didn't answer with an affirmative right away, right? So he's going to continue to kind of work on us and invite us to do things. And we have moment by moment decisions to make on our level, our full commitment, our Uh, I was going to say level of obedience. I'm not sure that's quite right, but we get to decide moment by moment if we're following him or not. Okay. One more commentary note. This is from Ross McLaren. Follow me is the heart of New Testament discipleship. It involves adopting Jesus's values and lifestyle right? He will follow us. I've talked a lot about, um, lead us. I mean, he, we, I've talked a lot about following him with our decisions, but also with our values, with our character, what is his character? And are we imitating that? What are his values? And are we imitating that? What is the way that he loved people, even in difficult, especially in difficult circumstances? And are we following that? Are we knowing Jesus and following him in all that we do. And I pause there because I know it's not all that we do every moment of every day, but as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, are we following him most more closely? And when we find ourselves not following him, do we recognize that faster and make the adjustment quicker? That's what growth is. That's what maturity is, right? Okay, part four in the investigate step is to rewrite the verse in our own words. And so I'm going to read it one more time from the NIV, Mark 117. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And I rewrote it this way in the Angie Bauman translation. Walk behind me, Jesus calls. Adopt all of what I do and make it what you do. Be all in. And as you do, I will use you to bring heaven to earth. 
Isn't that a wonderful promise? We are fishers of men. We will call men and women. I mean, men, humans, right? Men, people. We will call people into relationship with him when they see our living out testimony, our living proof of God's redemptive power at work and alive in our circumstances. That's one of the reasons why I talk about hard stories sometimes here and God's faithfulness in hard stories, because our hard stories and being able to point to, call out, remember, testify to God's faithfulness in those hard places is the greatest net for fish fish catching (laughs) that we have, right? This is my experience with God. This is where he's been faithful to me. This is how he's been good to me. And when we are able to say that with praise and thanksgiving, it it attracts other people to want to know that for themselves about him. We don't have to have fancy words. We just need to be willing to share our own experiences and why following Jesus, this makes me cry, why following Jesus has meant so much to us. We just need to be able to, to, to say that that's what people need to hear. They just need to hear that following Jesus changes lives for the better. Okay. Step three in the method is finding the characteristics of God. I put that he is willing to yield, that he allows us to be in relationship with him and partner with him and be his student He calls us to follow him. He doesn't need to meet us where we are, but if we're fishermen, he meets us at the sea, right? I'm going to come to you and I'm going to call you into relationship. I love that about him. I put that he is our guide, that he will show us the way each step of the way, that he is right, that his way is the right way for us, even when it does not make sense. I know. There's a way that he's calling you today that you're like, I'm not getting this. I don't think I'm qualified for this. I didn't see this coming. It's okay. Just take little baby steps in his direction and he will help you figure it out one step at a time. And then I also put that he is pure, that he doesn't ask us to follow for him. Again, he's not self-serving. He asks us to follow him for us right? Because it's better for us. Our lives will be filled with the joy, the rest, the peace, the hope, the love that he promises when we stay close to him. Step four in the method is to identify the lie of the enemy. What is the obstacle? What is the thing that tempts us to not believe this or not uh, follow him, not um, follow this with our lives, right? What are we looking for here? I put that following him will make you look weird or irrelevant, or stupid, fill in the blank, right? Sometimes he asks us to do things. A lot of times he asks us to do things that are countercultural. Will we trust him enough to say, yeah, I am going to do exactly what I feel you calling me to do, even if it doesn't make sense to the world around me. And then also I put, this is a temptation too, following him will cost you too much. He asks for our resources. Sometimes that's time. Sometimes that's money. Sometimes that one of the sacrifices, one of the things that it has cost me, it doesn't feel like it costs me anymore. But especially in the early days when I began to share my story of abuse, that cost me a lot because I was embarrassed. I had I had not talked about that very much in over 25 years for a reason, right? I didn't want people to know that about me. I didn't... I didn't want to bring stuff up in my heart about it. I wanted to live around it. I didn't. And so at first it cost me something. Now, ultimately I understand this. What it brought me was freedom. 
What it brought me was victory. He knew that. And so he was leading me in a direction that did cost me something, but not talking about it was costing me so much more. And I just didn't know that. And so if he's asking you to do something today that costs you something, just continue to pray about it. Continue to ask him to help you have a peace about it. Uh, Continue to wrestle with him about it if you need to. Just continue to hold it up to him and say, is this really what you're wanting from me? That doesn't mean we're sharing stories, but whatever it is that he's asking, sometimes it feels like a big ask. You can talk to him about that and say, this is what I'm feeling and I'm struggling with it because I'm scared ultimately, right? Because the enemies lie, it comes in all kinds of words and temptations and all that. But ultimately, this is my hypothesis test it out, see what you think, see if you think I'm right. I think every lie goes back to be afraid. That is what the enemy is telling us over and over again. Be afraid because of this, be afraid because of this, be afraid because of this. Um, And so if we can look at what are we afraid of, then we can help ourselves understand the lie that we're believing. All right. So step five, as we wrap up, is called So What? And it's just a time where we make note of a key takeaway from our study. And I put this as my key takeaway. It's a one-time decision and a daily decision. How all in am I for Jesus? Easy, easy for me to say. How all in am I for Jesus? What am I holding on to or leaving on the table so I don't have to feel following him is the sacrifice I worry it is, right? How am I holding back? Where am I not all in? And what can I do today to make a decision to be a little bit more all in in my relationship with, in my dedication to follow my Lord, my creator, my savior, my friend. I'd love to hear your takeaway. If you have one and you want to email me or a question, a comment, anything, you can email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you have not yet, first of all, a big shout out. Thank you to our subscribers. I really appreciate that. If you're not a subscriber, I would love it. If you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen, it only takes a second. And quite honestly, it just helps the show a ton. So I appreciate it. And if someone came to mind today as you were listening, I would love it if you would share this episode with them. Inviting them into what we're doing here is another great way to support the show. And it's free. And thank you so much for listening today. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.